your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Monday's edition of the Lockdown Raiders podcast, March 29th, 2021. Your boy Q here with you, following a very, very, very busy weekend for me. Very busy weekend in the world of sports. Just one of those things, man. It never stops. It never slows down. That's really uh, how I would like it. That's the only way I'd like it. So uh, definitely uh, excited to be with you here on this Monday, talking all things Raiders, talking NFL draft. It's coming up at the end of April. Again, excited about all that. So I'm uh, going to have a big show for you today. Today's episode, matter of fact, is being brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order just like that at BuiltBar.com. I'll tell you all about that a little bit later on in the show. Coming up in today's show, segment number three, calls and texts. Just got a handful of them. Calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Then coming up in segment number two, Virginia Tech had their pro day on Friday, and so I've been able to get on a bunch of these media calls for different schools, and it's funny, man, NFL communications they've been rolling out a bunch of schools at one time but uh, Virginia Tech was one of them that had their pro day on Friday and so I thought that that would be some interest for Raider fans Raider Nation so you'll hear some from Christian Derisaw he's an offensive tackle a guy that could be in play for the Raiders at number 17 overall in next month's draft of course the Raiders are reconstructing that offensive line and right tackles a big need and of course Derisaw played the left tackle position at Virginia Tech but most people believe that he can kick over to the right side and he'll just be solid uh, there for years to come so he He's a guy that uh, really could end up being in play for the Raiders at 17. And not to mention, a team in the AFC West, don't want to spoil anything. You'll hear it in, in segment number one, news and notes of the day. But a team in the AFC West just added to their pass rush. And so uh, the Raiders offensive line better get solidified quick, fast, and in a hurry. And, of course, offensive lines, it's tough to solidify them anyway. They've got to do everything together. they got to be in sync with each other. So regardless how the Raiders put the offensive line together, just know they're going to have their work cut out for them. So with that being said, let's just go ahead and jump right into segment number one news and notes of the day kind of news and notes gathered over the weekend let's go ahead and and get to it and uh, off top on Friday wide receiver Willie Sneed formerly of the Baltimore Ravens he was uh, supposed to come in and visit the team in there in Vegas and at the Henderson facility he did that and he signed a one-year deal with the Raiders so now Willie Sneed is in the fold he played 13 games had eight starts in 2020 had 33 catches 432 yards and three touchdowns he's a vet been in the league for quite a while uh, he actually said on Twitter that he was going to be wearing number 17 for the Silver and Black. So uh, here's a couple little sound bites from his media session. I mean, he signed his deal, uh, got to the media session, everything. I mean, he was quick, fast, and in a hurry with everything that uh, had to do with becoming a, a member of the Silver and Black. So let's start off with his meeting with Coach Gruden. What was that like? Did he already know him previously? Did you know, just kind of how did everything shake out? Uh, everything was over the phone. You know, I just got to know him and, and you know, what he sees in the vision, not only for me, but for this team. And uh, I just got to get to know John Gruden a little bit more. You know, he's a personal, he's a personal guy and uh, I can relate to him with, in a whole bunch of ways. So, you know, it's just awesome getting to know a legendary coach like that and just, you know, to be a part of this organization, a great organization, um, you know, it just, it just all felt right. And uh, when he asked me to come out to take a visit, you know, I was on, on vacation at the time and uh, we were actually here on the West Coast already. So. It was nothing but a quick plane ride and uh, getting in this building and just to meet all the coaches, meet him for the first time. And uh, it was a great experience. So it happened to work out for the best. And 
I'm just excited to be here, man. So there's wide receiver Willie Sneed talking about, you know, just meeting with Coach Gruden, talking to him on the phone, you know, and then going into the facility and just kind of getting everything hashed out. And he mentioned, you know, a, a vision that John Gruden had. So here's Willie Sneed talking about the Raiders. What was it about the Raiders that made him want to sign with the team? And what does he expect his role to be? Uh, you know, I'm just grateful to have this opportunity. You know, when it happened, uh, I got a phone call from Coach Gruden and uh, we were able to talk for a little bit and, uh, you know, just the vision that he has for this offense. And I'm pretty familiar from the Saints, my time with the Saints, you know, just with scheme and everything that they do. You know, I was just really excited about possibly being here in Oakland. I mean, Oakland, Vegas. And, uh, you know, it's been it's been an awesome experience since I stepped in the building. You know, everybody's been first class and uh, I've just been feeling right at home. So really excited for opportunity here in Vegas. And uh, just looking forward to when we come back for football. So really, he hasn't talked about what exactly his role is yet. Just excited. He's very, very excited to be a member of the Raiders. I like how he said uh, Oakland, Vegas there. <laughs> you know, So uh, for some guys, it takes a long time. I don't think for me it ever took a long time to ever say it. I don't even think I say Las Vegas Raiders very often. I think I just say Raiders. But either way you look at it, he's, he said Oakland, Vegas there. So either way, uh, that's cool. So obviously, the competition in the wide receiver room is thick. There's a lot of wide receivers now. Of course, you got Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs, both from the draft last year. You got Hunter Renfro. You got John Brown. Now you got uh, Willie Sneed as well. You got Zay Jones in the mix. There's a lot of competition at wide receiver room. How does he look at that or how does he approach that? I just look at it as an opportunity to get better. Um, you know, they have a lot of great talent in the room already. And, uh, you know, they're bringing me in just to build on top of that. And uh, what I bring into that room is a toughness, uh, a leadership role, uh, a veteran presence, you know, and just going out there and going to make plays. You know, um, I'm excited for the competition. Uh, they have a great group, great group of guys already. You know, I just want to be able to mold myself in there and contribute where I can. So, you know, I invite competition. I love the aspect of that part. And Gruden seems to be all about, you know, competing and, and making guys better. So uh, that fits my mold. So I'm just excited to be here and uh, ready to get to work. So you heard him mention, you know, he's a veteran, been around the league for a while, been in the league since 2015. He's played in 86 games. So yeah, he's got that experience under his belt. So matter of fact, he's been in some really, really big games, a couple against the Raiders. So uh, Willie Snead was asked about his experience in big games and can that help out with some of the younger wide receivers, the Brian Edwards, the Henry Ruggs? Can he help develop them, kind of, you know, mold them and show them the ropes uh, in those big time games? Yeah, I mean, like you said, I've been a part of a couple big games. I've been a been a part of being with veterans like Drew Brees and and other guys of that nature so I know what it takes to win I've been a part of winning cultures um, and I definitely think that you know bringing me in or bringing in a, a John Brown those type of guys you know we could definitely change the culture here and uh, you know I'm just excited to have that opportunity to give some of my leadership presence and veteran uh, style leadership to this organization and uh, you know just to contribute where I can like I said um, you know this this organization is right on the cusp of being in the playoffs you know I was watching from a distance last year and this organization won a lot of great games you know a lot of close games last year and um, you know sometimes it just takes one or two pieces to get over that hump so you know I'm, I'm hoping I could be that piece for this team and uh, to just come in here and help win more games. That's the focus. Well, the one thing I know for sure is there's going to be a lot of competition in training camp at the wide receiver position. Again, I mean, you talk about uh, Willie Sneed. You're talking about John Brown. You're talking about Henry Ruggs. You're talking about Brian Edwards. You're talking about Hunter Renfro, Zay Jones. I mean, and who knows who they're going to get out of the draft. You know, I mean, there's going to be a lot of competition at that wide receiver position. Of course, everyone is not going to make the roster. So uh, the final soundbite I want you to hear from Willie Sneed is just about his skill set. 
How does this skill set fit in with the Raiders? Yeah, like back when I was in New Orleans, uh, you know, it was more of that West Coast spread, spread type of deal. And, uh, you know, I was just able to move around to a whole bunch of places. I was a versatile player during that time. And, uh, you know, in this type of offense, you know, the more you can do, you know, they'll keep you on the field. And, uh, you know, that's what I prided myself on when I first came in the league was just trying to learn every position, whether it's the slot, whether it's outside. You know, I just wanted to learn it all and be able to go out there and execute and just gain that trust from the coaches knowing that I can do it and they could put me anywhere out there and I could be successful. So um, that's the kind of the same mentality I have coming here. Um, just it's like a fresh start, fresh opportunity for me um, just to learn the offense and learn every position. So wherever coach thinks I'm going to be, you know, fit in best for them, you know, that's where he's going to put me and I'm going to do my best to be successful at it. So just coming in here with a brand new mindset and uh, a new vision, so to speak. So there's Willie Sneed right there talking about his skill set, how it fits in with the silver and black, how he could be versatile so he could stay onto the field, which is something that he said he's prided himself since coming into the league again back in 2015. And when he played with the Saints, he keeps referencing the Saints. You know, that's something that uh, he feels like this Raiders offense is similar to the Saints. And I know that they have some aspects of it. So uh, I guess that that's what the, the vision that John Gruden has sold him on and uh, makes him feel like he's going to fit in with the silver and black. So Willie Sneed now officially a member of the Raiders as he signed a one-year deal deal on Friday. Uh, also over the weekend, the announcement was made that the NFL is expecting to have 17 games in 2021. This should not come as a surprise. Once the new CBA was signed and that 17th game possibility was in there, you knew that it was going to happen. The owners are definitely going to want to get that 17th game in, get that 17 money. What it would do is make a 17th regular season game and preseason would end up only being three games. Well, that's all going to go to a vote at the NFL owners meeting on Tuesday, but I have no doubt that it's going to pass. Again, that's all about making that revenue. That's what the owners care about is making that almighty dollar. Uh, Adam Schefter put out this tweet I thought was interesting. NFL is expected to expand the regular season schedule this week to 17 games. The league had played 16 regular season games scheduled since 1978, by far the longest stretch without a change in NFL history. Uh, and so then, if uh, th this does get approved, and I mentioned this before on the podcast, the 17th game for the Raiders this year will be against the Chicago Bears. So we'll get to hear all the Raiders or Gruden versus Khalil Mack all week long leading up to that game. Remember, remember the, oh, the, oh, it's the revenge game for Khalil Mack. We'll get to hear all that again uh, in, in 2021 because that 17th game, there's no doubt in my mind, is going to get approved on Tuesday. And so the Silver and Black, the Raiders, they will be playing the Bears for that 17th game. And my final note, little nugget for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, Jaron Reed. Uh, formerly of the Seattle Seahawks. He was released on Friday, and over the weekend, there was uh, a lot of conversation about what teams he can go to. The Bengals and the Cowboys, it showed some interest, and eventually on Sunday evening, it rolls out that he's signing a one-year deal with who? The Kansas City Chiefs. So the big defensive tackle from Seattle ends up in Kansas City. He's going to team up with Chris Jones in the middle of that defensive line. is going to be nasty for Kansas City. And oh, by the way, this is the year that the Raiders decided to go ahead and uh, redo their offensive line, reconstruct their offensive line, right? So either way, the Raiders got their work cut out for them because uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are trying to make that D-line super, super nasty. Uh, Jaron Reed gets a one-year deal, $7 million with $5 million guaranteed to go to the Kansas City Chiefs. So Derek Carr better be on his A game. Tom Cable better to be on his A game because the Kansas City Chiefs on that defensive line are not playing around. They're trying to get after the quarterback 
early and often in 2021. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, maybe a guy that could be protecting Derek Carr in 2021 for the silver and black, Christian Derisaw, Virginia Tech. You'll hear from him. Plus, you'll hear from uh, defensive back Caleb Farley as they had their pro day on Friday. I got on the media call, got some sound bites from it. You'll hear that next coming up on today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. Of course, March Madness is in full effect. Matter of fact, tonight I'm going to be uh, doing my show, or actually this afternoon I'll be doing my radio show from 3 to 6 p.m. on Fox Sports Central Texas, live from walk-ons as we prepare for uh, Baylor Lady Bears basketball and the men who are both in the Elite Eight. So March Madness is amazing. Uh, It's a great time of year to get your gamble on, and a lot of folks do. And if you want to do that, betonline.ag is the place to do it. Open up a free account today at betonline.ag. Use the promo code locked on you'll get a 50 percent welcome bonus just like that so you put 200 dollars in you'll get a uh, hundred dollars extra money to play with if you use the promo code locked on but college hoops is not the only thing you can get your gamble on with it could be the nba baseball starts up this week the nhl's going on there's so many different things going on so many different sporting events ufc had a big card over the weekend it doesn't matter if it's a sport you can get your gamble on on betonline.ag. And again, open up that free account, use the promo code locked on, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus just like that from betonline.ag. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to talk some more NFL draft, or at least focus a little bit on the NFL draft coming up at the end of April, April 29th. Uh, Very excited about that, of course. That's when every team has the opportunity to get better. Now, they don't always get better because they don't always pick the right players, but every team has the opportunity to get better. So uh, this no combine thing, there's been a lot of pro days that have been going on and a lot of uh, media opportunity to cover these pro days virtually. And so that's what I've been doing. Uh, NFL Communications always sends out an email with all the different pro days that are going on. And uh, basically I can select from whichever ones I want. And so I try to find ones that have players that are productive towards or, or could be uh, factors as far as the Raiders go. And so on Friday, Virginia Tech had their pro day. And, of course, there's a couple players on on their team that I, I could see the Raiders going after. Christian Derrissaw, the offensive tackle, and then Caleb Farley. But Caleb Farley, for me, I wiped him off my draft board just because, uh, you know, the back injury and not playing in 2020. And he's just, you know, it's just one of those things, man. I don't like when the Raiders go and draft guys that are, uh, you know, have all kind of questions, medical questions. You know, nobody's ever like 100%. And, uh, you know, even Christian Derisaw has a little bit of a, a groin injury that he was dealing with in the 2020 season. But I uh, feel a lot more confident in him than I do in Caleb Farley dealing with a back injury. That's just not a good thing. So anyway, you'll hear a lot of sound bites from Christian Derisaw, what he had to say following his pro day. And then you'll hear a couple from Caleb Farley, I think, if I have enough time. But first, let's go ahead and jump into Christian Derisaw, who I definitely believe there's a good opportunity for the Raiders to draft at number 17 overall if they choose to stand pat at that spot. So the first sound bite from Christian Derisaw just happens to be about pro day. You know, how did it feel? Uh, how did he feel? And, and what was his thoughts on it? Uh, it was great. Um, just being able to go out there and move around again. Uh, these past three months have been a little difficult with my surgery, doing a lot of rehab. But just going out there and moving around again in front of all the scouts and the coaches and GMs. I feel like I had a great day. So there you hear Christian Derisaw talk about it. felt great just to be out there and moving around. Like I said, he had a groin injury, had to have a groin surgery. Uh, looks like he should be fully healthy. I feel pretty confident in saying that. But uh, he was asked, you know, how close to 100% healthy was he? Was he able to do all the drills on Friday? Uh, I did. I only did position work just because I got cleared about two or three weeks ago. And my trainers at Exos in Florida, uh, they just thought it was safe 
for me not to go out there and push everything and, and, and do stuff like that. So I just did position work. So there's Christian Derisaw talking about what he did, just position work. And from all indications, he's going to be 100% healthy, be ready to go dealing with that, that groin injury. So another question he was asked was just about what it feels like to be considered one of the best offensive tackles in the draft. Again, a guy who's going to go early in April's draft. He's going to be a day one guy. There's no doubt about that. But uh, how is he feeling right now, knowing he is one of the best offensive tackles in a very, very deep draft when it comes to tackles? Um. It's definitely a lot of excitement, uh, but I still got that chip on my shoulder. Um, the two-star recruit coming out of PG County, Maryland. Um, I just know I can't get too big-headed. Got to stay level-headed. Uh, I know like the, the best is yet to come for sure. I just got to keep working hard, and everything will uh, just play out. There you go. What's better than an offensive lineman with a chip on the shoulder, right? <laughs> if, there's anybody, if there's anybody out there that you want to have blocking your quarterback, it's an offensive lineman with a chip on his shoulder. So there you hear it right there, man. Two-star recruit coming out of high school. Now he's going to go in the first round of the NFL draft. But that's just, that's just half the battle. Getting to the league is hard. Staying in the league is the hardest part. So he's right there on the doorstep of getting in the league. Then he's got to work his tail off to stay in the league, but uh, it just sounds like it. I like I like the attitude. I like the chip on his shoulder. Uh, that's just that's the kind of guy you want, you know. Trent Brown, you know, he has a chip on his shoulder, and uh, you know, he was always what the underdog, the biggest underdog, or whatever he was saying, whatever his little clothing line was. He just once he made it and got that big fat contract, he got kind of comfortable, you know. And he's not a guy that you uh, can allow to get comfortable. You got to stay on him and stay on him and stay on him. So either way, Trent Brown is now in New England. Doesn't even matter. But uh, Christian Derisaw is trying to get into the league and he will be on April 29th you will hear his name called at some point and the silver and black could very well easily get him at number 17 uh Christian Derisaw was also asked about his NFL preparation of course he goes to Virginia Tech so he was playing in the ACC how has that helped prepare him for the NFL as far as the talent that he's gone up against because look there's a lot of offensive tackles there's a lot of tackles that you could look up and say okay this could be a first round guy but what about the competition he's playing against so in the in the ACC they got some real deal competition so how does he feel like that that helped prepare him for the NFL uh definitely went against great competition and I feel like has prepared me a lot um Freshman year going against guys like Brian Burns, uh, the defensive end from Boston College, number two. I think his name was Zach Island. But in this past year, like Carlos, Boogie Basham and everything, uh, like the one of the best conferences with like defense alignment for sure. Um, and those guys are, are in the league and they're performing very well. And I feel like I held my own for sure. I just can't wait to see what I do in the league. So there's Darius Saul right there um, playing in the ACC and some of the competition that he's gone up against and uh, feels like it's one of the best, better defensive line uh, conferences in college football. And so, you know, with some of the names that he dropped, I can't say that I disagree with them. And he's gone up and held his own against them. Matter of fact, he's held his own for quite a while. You know, in 2020, he had absolutely zero sacks allowed from the left tackle position. So he was asked about how his game has developed at Virginia Tech, how he's seen it grow at Virginia Tech the time that he He's been there. Uh, I feel like I had to develop a lot around my whole game. Um, the footwork and the run game and pass pass protection. Um, I feel like I kept getting better each and each year and each year year and out. Um, this past season uh, with COVID and everything, uh, talking to Coach Vice, watching film, and just working out with like a couple of my old line buddies, it took my game to the next level. And it showed. It's not like giving up zero sacks this past season. I took huge pride in that. Um, having Khalil in the backfield definitely made it easier. Like opening up holes, we know he's gonna hit it. So it's just you, 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 um, you kind of just 
just try to build that all up and just go out there and just show it. Zero sacks in 2020 he allowed and then also helped pave the way for a really, really good running game. And again, one of the biggest things for Darisaw is the fact that, I mean, he is a run blocker. I mean, if that is one of the ways that a team likes to butter their bread, Darisaw is your guy. And so I say that knowing that the Raiders love to run the rock. And of course, they have Drake and Josh Jacobs now. So you got to have that solidified offensive line. And uh, he was a guy, you know, I, I remember immediately when Trent Brown was traded, uh, someone hit me up and I can't remember who it is and I'm sorry for that but uh, someone hit me up immediately was like well Christian Darisol right there at number 17 I was like yeah but he's a left tackle I don't know about kick him over to the right side because he was so good at that left tackle position but you know, a, a lot of guys make that transition. A lot of guys do end up making that move. Uh, I'm not always 100% for moving guys uh, from the left to the right, and I know that Colton Miller moved from the right to the left, so there's there's a good example of it right there. Here's Christian Darisol on what position he's talked to NFL teams about playing. This is very interesting, especially the end of his statement. Listen to this. Um, definitely left tackle, uh, but they show, like, uh, interest in me playing anywhere. Um, a few teams, like, they have a solidified left tackle now, and they told me, like, your role would be like a right tackle for, like, four to five years, and then you'll transfer over to the left. And they just wanted to know if I was able to do that and everything. And I told them, like, I'm comfortable playing with either side, right or left. But I know I'm a left tackle at the end of the day, but I can get it done on either side. I thought that was interesting, though. He said, teams that have a solidified left tackle have asked me, you know, if I can move over to the right side and I'll be there for about four or five years and then move over. So I'm thinking, four or five years? Okay. I mean, I, I can understand a year or two if you have a guy that's just, you know, kind of at the end of his career. But four or five, I mean, that's a second. You're getting into a second contract. So I found that to be pretty interesting. I'm kind of going up the order, going up and down the order of the draft, and I'm thinking, well, who could he be talking about at that position? You know, is he... Talking about the the Cardinals? Is he talking about the Patriots, the Vikings? Could he be talking about the Raiders? I mean, there's there's so many different teams I'm looking at. You know, could he be talking about the Cowboys or I don't know, Eagles maybe? There's a lot of different teams out there that you know may have a guy for now. It's not for the long haul, but four or five years, I I just don't know. I mean, then Colton Miller is the Raiders' left tackle, and I, I, you're assuming that, or at least I'm assuming he's going to get a contract extension. So. I don't know. It's just pretty pretty interesting that he said that. Maybe nobody else finds that as interesting as I do, but I just thought that that was a pretty interesting one. But either way, there you go. That was the sound from Christian Derisaw, big offensive tackle from Virginia Tech, left tackle, but if the Raiders were to select him, he'd clearly move over to the right tackle position. Now, I just got a couple sound bites from Caleb Farley. Uh, he's a defensive back that's supposed to be a top 10 defensive back, but he sat out all of 2020. He's having a back surgery as well. He's a guy that I see that medical red flag, and I say, no, 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 thank you. Uh, kick him out of the first round for sure. Most teams won't. I'm sure there's teams out there that'll go ahead and, and, and roll the dice, just like the Raiders did when they got DJ Hayden back in the day. Remember when they drafted him, and he had all kind of medical red flags? I mean, he was a guy who almost died on the field when he was still at Houston, and the Raiders still picked him at number 12 overall. So, you, I mean, you never know. You never know what these teams are thinking, but here's Caleb Farley on how he expects to be in shape for camp after opting out in 2020 and also having back surgery. Uh, yeah, just rehabbing, following, you know, protocol, and um, you know, um, I, I'm not really concerned about that concerned about that at all. Once you get, get playing and, and playing again, you know, day day two, day three, you back in the groove and yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not really concerned about that at all. I'm just gonna make sure, you know, I, I pass all levels of my rehab, my core is strong and uh, you know, I'm ready to go. But um as far as uh getting in game shape and um get picking it back up, I'm sure, you know, um you can you sharpen up, you know, for games and stuff like that. But, you know, day one practice is gonna be 
practice and it's going to be practice. So basically, Caleb Farley right there is telling you that he's going to be in shape. He's going to be able to get into shape, no problem, once he gets out onto that field. I just, I don't know, man. Maybe he will. Maybe he ends up being a Hall of Fame defensive back for all I know, and some team ends up getting a steal. But it just really concerns me when he's as banged up, as injured as possible, and you haven't seen any game, game film on him in a very, very long time. So one more final little sound from Caleb Farley was on him being originally a wide receiver when he got to Virginia Tech. Has that helped him grow as a defensive back? And you'll hear by his answer, it really, he got to Virginia Tech because he was a heck of an athlete. He really didn't have a position. But here he is talking about being a wide receiver originally. Uh, yeah, um, coming in, you know, at Tech I played um – was was comfortable playing receiver just because I was an offensive guy running with the football at, at quarterback. Um, but truly, I really wasn't a receiver either. I didn't really have a lot of route running savvy. I was just an athlete, quick off the line, um, you know, and just quick footed. Uh, so, uh, so I I really didn't have a natural natural position. Um, but I I think what Coach Wiggins was, you know, the 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 limited amount of time I had with Coach Wiggins and what he was trying to teach us and how to attack the DB and all of those things. You know, I, I remember everything, you know, from that side, from the corner side, from the quarterback side, and I definitely think that has given me an advantage um, of just knowing, um, you know, how I'm being attacked and where the quarterback wants to put the ball and, um, you know, and, and how certain routes look and feel. So there you hear him talking about being a wide receiver when he first got to Virginia Tech. Again, he was just an athlete in high school. He was actually playing quarterback, and that's what they do in high school. They put the best athlete with the ball in his hand and let him go make plays. So that's who he was. He ends up on the defensive side of things. And, yeah, maybe being a wide receiver helps him recognize a couple routes here and there, but it doesn't do a whole lot. I'll tell you, I feel like this guy's got probably the biggest bust rate in this draft. I mean, I just kind of feel like this guy is one that could either be a really, really good player or he can end up just being a dude who just craps out and is out after a couple years. Kind of reminds me of, and not because of the injury or anything, just because of the kind of the boom bust rate, uh, kind of reminds me of D. Milliner back in the day. Remember, he came from Alabama. I think he was drafted from Alabama in like 2013 by the Jets or 2014 by the Jets. It was one of those years, and he was supposed to replace Darrell Revis, and, well, he never did, and I think he never even got his fifth-year option picked up, and I don't think any other team picked him up. He just was not very good, but he was really good at Alabama. It was no doubt he was like the best defensive back in the draft, and then he just turned out to be nothing. So I kind of feel like Farley and, and Milliner are on the same page where they, they have a high boom-bust rate. I mean, it could either be a really, really good player or they can have an opportunity to crap out in a major way. We'll see what happens. I don't root for anybody to crap out, but that's just how it is sometimes. Not everybody's going to make it. Just because you make it to the league does not mean that you're going to stick around the league. So, again, just my gut feeling is what I roll with. Either, you know, I got that gut feeling or I got gas. And this is not gas. This is a gut feeling. But either way you look at it, I'll have more of these to bring to you as uh, we get closer and closer to the NFL draft. Again, the NFL Communications doing a really good job emailing out when these pro days are going to be, and you just got to sign up for them. So I know I'll sign up for a couple more. I'm not exactly sure, but I should have like one or two more this week to get to as well. So again, it just provides another element of the NFL draft, which we know everyone gets excited about. And so I'm going to try to do my part to bring as much NFL draft coverage as possible here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. And we'll start things off with an update from Obi-Wan Raiders wife, letting us know how he's doing as he's in the hospital and he's battling some serious conditions, but uh, been trying to update you like every other day or so. Uh, yeah, we're going to kick it off segment number three and I'll let you know exactly uh, the latest from 
his wife. That's all coming up. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about the Built Bar March Madness Challenge. been going on for quite a while now, and I want to say we're up to the enticing eight, but I think that these two protein bars that uh, that that uh, are competing today are ones that I had competing on Friday, so I'm not too sure. Somehow, I must have uh, lost track or I got the wrong ones. I don't know, but I thought on Friday I said caramel brownie was going up against coconut brownie chunk. I might have. No, they're going up against each other today. So there you go. I may have jumped the gun on it. Either way, they're two really good flavors of the Built Bar. Of course, Built Bar has a bunch of great flavors. You can check out on the website, BuiltBar.com. Uh, when you do buy some more Built Bars, use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. Uh, again, LOCK15 is the promo code at BuiltBar.com. But they're trying to get down to the bottom of it. They're trying to get down to see which one is the best tasting protein bar out of all of the, the built bars and uh, today's competition is caramel brownie versus coconut brownie chunk you want to get your vote on builtbar.com or on twitter at bar underscore built and uh, get your vote on and make sure you check back to see who advances and hopefully i don't get it wrong again and hopefully they're not the ones going up against each other tomorrow i don't think that's what it's going to be but you know, every once in a while, I might mess things up. So that's just how it rolls. But anyway, BuiltBar.com, the March Madness Challenge going on right now. Check it out today at BuiltBar.com. Segment number three is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Just have a small handful of calls and texts to get to today. A good way to kick off a Monday. But uh, first, let's start with uh, an update on Obi-Wan Raider, his wife, Mr. and Mrs. Jordan 2 on Twitter. Hit me up and said, hey Q, today Obi did well with being off the sedation medication. When I left at 6 p.m., he was still off of it. His vitals are doing well too. Thank God for small blessings. Today was also the first day that I felt really bad about having to leave the hospital. The last 15 minutes of visiting hours, he was trying to open his eyes some more and was blinking. He also looked like he was pouting. So I'm hoping that maybe he's waking up some more and he didn't want me to leave and knew who I was. I continue to pray for a full recovery and for Obi to fight to get stronger. That is from his wife, Mr. and Mrs. Jordan 2 on Twitter, just kind of giving us an update on how Obi-Wan Raider is doing. As Again, he's been in the hospital now for a while doing some real are dealing with some serious, serious uh, issues. And so uh, hoping that he's able to make a full recovery. Uh, it's a tough battle each and every day. Some days are good, some days are bad. But it sounds like it was a better day for one Obi-Wan Raider. So uh, when I get another update, I'll definitely pass that along to you. Now let's go ahead and get into a call from Raider Dot. He's calling to talk about Kenyon Drake. Was expecting to see from him in the Raiders offense based off of what he heard from Kenyon Drake when he's talking about his meeting with John Gruden. Here he is, Raider Dot. What's going on, Q? Is Raider Dot checking in one time, one time. Um, I was listening to the, um, the interview with Kenyon Drake, and if what he said, Gruden and them said in the meeting to, to him about how they're going to use him. If what he said is accurate, our offense will benefit from that, especially if Tom Cable could get the O-line together to play at a high level again. Because um, last year when J.J. came out the game, you already knew what we were doing. Like, you knew we weren't going to run. And if, and if we did run the type of runs that we were running – it was like some sorry run, like it's some trash run just to keep the defense honest, and basically we lost the bound, you know. But um, Kenyon Drake and J.J., when J.J. come out the game, they could run any type of – like they offense is it's the exact same. And it's not just the fact 
that Drake is a starter is he's he's a back that can do it all. You know, like he can run between the tackles. He got the track speed. You know, you know, Jalen Rashard. You could only run a certain type of run. So the defense had a heads up on us whenever JJ came out the game last year. But on the interview, uh, Drake said Gruden told him that the way they gonna use him and all this and that, and if they use him right and our O line play solid, man, it's gonna be crazy because when JJ come out the game in any formation, they could run any type of run, any type of pass, whatever. I think that's a good thing. So that's crazy. Um, but that all. That all doesn't mean nothing if our O-line doesn't play at a high level. We lost bodies and, and kept bodies. We just got to see how Tom Cable had an office line going, so I'm just being optimistic on that. But there's no drop in ability and play calling when uh, Drake come in for J.J., period. And that's going to be scary because the defense can't key on nothing. The playbook is still wide open. But anyway, I'm going to let you go, Q. Keep doing your thing, brother. Tap in. All right. There he goes, Raider Dot. And, yeah, I think that having Drake is going to be huge for the Raiders. You know, he could be very similar, like you mentioned, to Josh Jacobs. Uh, I mentioned before, it's like having a starter on the field at all times. They both could be starters. It's 1A and 1B. It's not really uh, 1. You know what I mean? Uh, there's a lot of things to like, and they do a lot of things similar to each other. So, yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. I just, I just want to see how it's implemented into the offense. I expect to see a heavy, heavy dose of the run game in 2021. And uh, the biggest key to that? Going to have to get that offensive line solidified, just like you said. Uh, how about a text from Matt in Vermont? I believe he's a new booty texter. Keep it short and sweet. Is it AQ? Matt from Vermont, huge fan since I found you last year. Just a comment on the roster. If after next season we hear Mayock or Gruden say the roster isn't quite where it needs to be again, where does this organization go? The two guys responsible obviously aren't getting it done. That's from Matt in Vermont, new booty texter here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I'll say, I will say that I don't want to hear anything about, you know, well, it's hard to it's hard to have a run game when you have to rebuild your offensive line or, you know, or there's not enough talent or there's, you know, I mean, there's there's always a built-in excuse. I don't want to hear about built-in excuses. You know, when John Gruden was on Hard Knocks and he said he's not into, he's not into dreams, he's into nightmares. Well, I'm not into excuses. I'm really not. And I'm not going to be the guy that's going to roll out excuses for John Gruden because he is calling all the shots. Him and Mike Mayock are build, building this team the way that they want to build it. So if that's the case, I don't want to hear at the end of the year, well, you know, we had to rebuild the offensive line this year. Well, that was your call. You decided to do that. So, yeah, Matt, you bring up a great, great point. Don't want to hear that at all either. So thank you for that. Uh, Jay Peasy from the 209, he's calling in real quickly, basically just to rep his city one time. Here he is, Jay Peasy from the 209. Yo, what's up, Q? It's Jay Peasy from the 209. Just got done listening to your podcast. Heard you talking about Stockton and the 209, and somebody had called in from the 209. So here's me calling in from the 209, specifically Merced. Just wanted to give you a shout-out, man. We love you out here, man. 209 forever, boy. You know what it is. Stay up, Q. There he goes. That's my guy, JPZ, out the 209. Yeah, man, stand up one time. Represent that Merced. And I worked there for a while. Merced was a spot I spent a little bit of time in. Hot 104.7, that was a radio station I worked at then. That was one of my early, early radio jobs, right after K-Win. It went from K-Win in Stockton to uh, Hot 104.7 in Merced. And then I headed on down the highway, down 99, and I uh, went to went to Q97 in Fresno, which actually was in Visalia, but it was a Fresno radio station. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, shout-out to all those little cities around there, man. Los Banos, that's funny, man. That was the city that everyone just stopped in to go to the bathroom on. 
uh, when they were headed from the bay up to uh, up to the 209 area, the valley area. Uh, actually, it's, it's named the bathrooms. But either way you look at it, shout out to Modesto, Motown, all them 209 cities, man. Yeah, stand up one time. I'm not mad at you for that. I like that. Appreciate it. Uh, final call of the show comes from NorCal Raider in the 530. He's calling to talk about the Raiders signing a bunch of free agents that don't end up panning out like we've seen in past seasons. Here he is, NorCal Raider in the 530. Hey, Kyrus, this is uh, NorCal Raider, uh, the 530. I haven't called in a while. I've just kind of just been sitting back and listening to the offseason, just all the accusation, um, accusations, transactions, and everything um, going on. But um, my biggest thing is, you know, I just hope we don't compile a bunch of <clears throat> free agents like we've had, we have in the past that have been panned out. You know, I think we, we should have just went for the more middle guys like, like, like last year or even last year, instead of getting um, you know, little ten in them, like just getting guys in the middle, you know, guys not guys are are high price tags anymore because it seems like it's not working out. Um, you know, one thing that worries me about the Raiders a lot are not the players, are not the are not the players or the people on the current roster and the previous roster. My biggest thing is mostly just John Gruden. You know, I don't. I mean, I don't really know. Like, you know, of course I don't know John Gruden, but I just hear speculation. But I just don't. I just dislike the fact that he has his ego, and you know, he's really nobody. Like, he's more of a TV personality to me than he is more than a coach. You know, um, he's gotten his butt kicked by a bunch of mediocre coaches that are, you know, that are 500 in the NFL or young coaches that just came in. You know, year, second or first year in, and. um my biggest thing is like you know he, he he wants these guys to be hungry in a certain way, and if they're not a certain way, he doesn't like them. Like he just gets rid of talent just because you don't like the person. You know I understand if you're a big organization like the Patriots that have been really good for a long time. You go over there, you don't get along with Belichick, he'll just ship you out because he can do that because he's he's been he's been consistent for 20 years. He's won championships. John Gruden has not done none of that. Not even sniffed it. We've gotten our ass our ass you know kicked in by the Falcons last year. You know, just like we would just fall we would just fall off a mountain. And, you know, I just don't get what happens there. And I get and I keep hearing rumblings that players want to leave after a couple of years. You know, he wants yes men and he wants people just to be kinda of just like, you know, on him and oh yes, yes sir, yes sir. And the moment that these guys have their own opinions, I'm like, first of all, you know, like I said, he's more of a TV personality. I think he's I don't know. Is this is a pivotal year this year. You have to show something or else or else you have to make a move. And that just goes down to the organization and just in general. Forgetting a guy like that. You know, you're shipping off guys that um you know that are pretty good players. You know, you shipped off Amari Cooper. You know, you shipped off just just guys in general, you're just shipping them off and you're getting all these outcasts, all these problematic players, like, Oh, I'm gonna experiment with this guy, you know, and it turns out really bad, you know. But there has to be something done this year. Uh, something has to happen this year. So we'll see how it goes. All right. Thank you. Bye. There he goes. That's NorCal Raider in the 530. And, yeah, I mean, that's the truth of the matter, man. I mean, the Raiders have signed a lot of free agents over the past few years, and not very many of them have panned out. You know, in free agency, I say it anyway, is a crapshoot. You know, you're basically taking someone else's trash, and I don't want to say it and sound disrespectful, but you're going out and making a move for a guy that a team didn't want anymore. And, and there's different reasons for it. But this year, I feel like it's a little bit different since the salary cap went down so much. I feel like there was a lot of veterans out on the market that were still really 
good players like a Jerron Reed that ended up signing with the Chiefs. It makes no sense. I mean, it does make sense. Of course, he wants to go there, but it doesn't make any sense why the Raiders wouldn't, you know, try to get after him a hot and heavy. But either way, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's over now. <laughs> but either way you look at it, you know, there's always a, a chance that you take when you sign a guy that's been released from another team that it might not just work out very well for you. And for the Raiders, they seem not to have very good luck. Now, as far as Gruden goes, yeah, I mean, he's going to be who he's going to be. I say it all the time. Tigers don't change their stripes, right? He is who he is. He's the guy. He's the end-all, be-all. He's the one who's, who's calling all the shots. He's pulling all the, all the punches. He's, you know, pushing all the buttons. It's all on him. Mark Davis has put it all on him, put the franchise on his shoulders, and uh, he brought in Mike Mayock. But if anybody's going to go, I mean, Gruden, you could say he's on a hot seat, but he's not. I mean, if anything, Mike Mayock will go before John Gruden goes. You know, it's just it's one of those situations. I mean, Gruden, at the end of the day, is the dude. He's the guy who's calling, like I said, all the shots. So uh, as long as he's got all the power to do whatever he wants to do, uh, you just have to hope that he hits and gets gets it all right at some point and uh, and, and get this team right where they need to be. Uh, there is no excuse for the team not to make the playoffs. There is no excuse for the team not to make the playoffs in 2020. I'll still say that. I'll hold them to that, that they should have made the playoffs in 2020. It's a shame that they didn't. There's no excuse why they don't make the playoffs in 2021. We'll see what they do. This is going to be a new year. We'll see what they do. But again, my expectations are, Our playoffs are bust. That's just me. So that's all I got for you for today's episode of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have more news and notes of the day. Of course, more calls and texts throughout that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. And we'll get into some more conversation. Not sure exactly what direction we'll go, but we'll get into more conversation, of course, around the silver and black. But that'll be for tomorrow's show. So until then, Raider Nation, stay healthy, stay safe, do what you got to do. You know, wash your hands, wear your mask, social distance, you know, take care of your family and your loved ones. And most importantly, as always, just win, baby.